Hello, and welcome back to His Simple Truths Podcast. This is Greg Mullins. And I'm Tyson Thompson. Hello, everybody. We're super excited to be back with you. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah. yeah, and in the interim, we were down in Utah for a seminar, which was awesome. Um, man, there are some very strong spirits out there that the Lord has prepared to gather Israel. Like, I just can't tell you how much power was in that room. Everybody that was there was just emanating power. Yeah, that was, so the Salt Lake uh, seminar, we had about 75, maybe 80 people in the room, all gatherers, just powerhouses. And it was just awesome to be a part of that. And then the week before that, we were in Tri-Cities for a seminar. There was about 40 at that seminar. Um, Same thing, just an amazing group of people. Both Tyson and I were lifted and taught by those people. Um, Like, I feel like this is just coming to me like we're just standing on the battle line right like with those 120 people i feel like we could just take on the world right like let's do this (laughs) yeah holy smokes just the power the level of that group of people what an amazing opportunity to be a part of right um so we we had intended to put record the seminars and put them out as podcasts that's why there weren't podcasts that happened those two weeks but we were directed otherwise by the Lord to not put those out. Um, we hope to be doing future seminars um, in different places where there's gatherers gathering. Um, so th- look forward to that down the road as we move forward. Um, so today's podcast is Podcast 17, and the title of it is What Are You Fighting For? Um, so as we've traveled to these different areas and, and worked with so many different people through the mentoring program, Uh, it's very clear and evident that it is a battle. Like there is full on warfare happening for the souls of men right now. Um, It's interesting because I got to insert this. It's just kind of an analogy that came to my mind, but it's so easy to lose track of the mission because you're battling right does that make sense like the overall big picture of why we're doing what we're doing right like i'm sure i know right like literally you're in the thrall of combat right and you forget that outside of the guy across from you trying to kill you and you trying to kill him right there's a bigger picture there's actually a huge big mission that's happening a reason why you're even there with a gun in your hand. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And and I think about that and I'm like, holy smokes, like that's so applicable, right? Because this is like so thematic. Like I've had so many people reach out to me, people that I've been mentoring with and just other people going, man, I don't know. Does this ever level out? Like it is ever even out? And I'm like, no, like it's <laughs> always going to be, uh, you know, this, this climb and descent, you know, ascend and, and descend process. Uh, just don't forget why you're doing that, right? Because all of a sudden the battle itself or the scrimmage basically that's in front of you, the skirmish, right? Becomes the battle to you when in reality you need to be focused on the, you know, taking the kill in front of you, but knowing that they're bigger picture, there's more, there's a bigger picture to everything that we're doing, right? Like you can get stuck in tactical situations fighting or arguing you know battling about finances or whatever uh or whatever your stressor is you know family members or whatever and forget that oh that's not that's not the mission right that's just that's just a particular battle right an an obstacle in the in amidst the mission interesting we were my family and i went to see fireworks on the fourth and we're walking to the one of the lakes here they do the fireworks over the lake and as you walk up to it there's this huge meadow and there's houses on every side and there's fireworks going off everywhere and one of my boys mentioned this i bet this is what it sounds like in war because it was like literally going off and i and then we talked about tyson because he doesn't like the fireworks due to past military experience i like to sit a long ways away and not feel my ribcage rattle <laughs> but as we walked through that we were talking, my kids, my boys and I were talking about how scary that would be to be walking through a meadow like that and having guns going off all around you and know that there's dudes in the bushes that are ready to pick you off, right? And you're just hearing all this noise all around you. And 
And I was thinking in my mind, like, I would not want to have to go to war. I haven't done it. I don't want to do it. And then in that moment, the spirit brought to my mind that I'm in war already, spiritual warfare, and that we're hearing those weapons being fired all around us, right? And some of us are in foxholes with our hands over our head trying to plug our ears so we don't have to hear it. La, 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 la. I'm not at war. La, 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 la. Some of us are a sniper up in a tree, right, trying to trying to pick the enemy off as he comes. Some of us are infantrymen that are running forward at full speed trying to take the next <laughs> next obstacle out. Um, but we are literally at war. And as I pondered that and as I pondered what we were going to talk about this morning, Captain Moroni came to my mind, of course. Right? Uh, of course. The absolute most powerful warrior that's ever existed and um, his title of liberty came into my mind so I'm just going to read that really quick it's in Alma 46:12, and it came to pass that he rent his coat and he took a piece thereof and wrote on it in memory of our God our religion our freedom and our peace our wives and our children and he fastened it to the end of a pole so interesting as I read those things our current prophet's voice came into my mind, right? Because I remember President Nelson in 2016, he said that we should take our priesthood seriously or we wouldn't be able to defend our families, our marriages, our children, right? Here's the same message coming from current prophet that Moroni felt to raise at a time when the nation was coming apart. He even said friends, which is interesting. The implications there are that we have stewardships to use our priesthood outside of even our nuclear family, right? Like, yeah. like whoever the Lord assigns you as a steward or as a stewardship, get after it. Like, protect everyone that you're supposed to. I love President Nelson. I love to hear him speak. I love his words. I'm going to read what he had to say about it. So he's in 2016. He said. I urgently plead with each one of us to live up to our privileges as bearers of the priesthood. In a coming day, only those men, and I'll insert women, who have taken their priesthood seriously by diligently seeking to be taught by the Lord himself will be able to bless, guide, protect, strengthen, and heal others. Only a man and woman who has paid the price for priesthood power will be able to bring miracles to those he loves and keep his marriage and family safe now and throughout eternity. Isn't it? I was going to say that that doesn't sound casual. No. (laughs) It doesn't sound like, well, I went to church and I paid my tithing, right? Like, and I met the minimums to enter the temple and sometimes I went there, right? Like, he's like, pay a price. I'm like, what's the price, right? So in that same, actually, this was in a different talk. He said, do the spiritual work necessary to find out for yourselves. And please do it now. Time is running out. Hmm. Like there is no casual in our prophet's words right now, right? He's traveling the world. He's telling people to prepare for persecution. He's telling them to be part of the gathering that's taking place. Yeah. You know, this bigger picture that opens up is just absolutely awesome when you can, because I think a lot of times, like Tyson was saying, we get locked down, right? We get locked down in the current obstacle and we're pinned down and we're getting shot at and we're just like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And we forget to let our view expand back out and see it as God sees it. Right. Well, that's the interesting thing. Like, let's be realistic, right? We've spent way more time at God's level or closer to his level than we are now, right? Than we, than we've spent on this earth, right? I was actually talking about this earlier today with Sherry, but, but we get stuck in what Elder Maxwell called the passing tactical situations, right? The fog of war, like we can't process anything beyond the moment we're in right now, right? Just getting beat up or dealing with telestial problems, right? And that's what the Lord, the, why would the prophet tell us to prepare for persecution, right? Because he know it's, knows it's coming. Well, what does that mean, right? To me, that means prepare to bear up under it, right? Not 
prepare to go hunker down and hide somewhere so people don't persecute you anymore. No, he's saying prepare to, to be able to stand like a Benedi. Yeah. Like stand boldly. Right. Alma, you know, you know, Amulek, right? Like those guys stood up and took brow beatings literally from the enemy, right? But they didn't flinch. Right? They didn't draw back. They didn't react to that stimulus, right? That fog of war and go berserker, right? Like go Rambo and just start crushing everything in sight, right? They, they took it for what it was. Joseph, Joseph Smith did the same thing. They stood calmly in that chaos. As you were talking, I pictured Nephi when he's coming into the city and he's praying for the people, right? And all the people come out because they hear him praying for him. And the, the Sadducees of that day came out to, to mock him and he just stood up and calmly and boldly testified to them, right? There was no, the fight that we fight is calm assurance that we're in the Lord's place, that we're doing his will. I also see the Savior, right, standing in front of Pilate, right, and and or in front of the Sadducees and Pharisees, and they're literally trying to pummel him with words, right? And I can see them just bouncing off, right? And he stands there and he listens, and then he calmly says things like, my kingdom is not of this world. Or or when he with the Sadducees and the Phar- and Pharisees were attacking him, you know, are we blind also? He's like, well, if you said you were blind, you would see, but seeing as ye say ye see, your sin remaineth, right? Like he's so calm in in his reaction to what the adversary threw at him. Um, that doesn't mean that he didn't feel it, right? Like Greg and I had this discussion just a few minutes ago before we started the podcast because we are not exempt from going through challenges, right? <laughs> and Greg and I were talking about it and we're like, we're kind of in a place where the Lord's like, I want to see how you're going to react to this, to the passing tactical situations, right? To the fog of war. I want to see if... If you're le- if I buoy you up less with my spirit, are you going to still do what's on your scroll and thereby gain power, not of yourself, but gain more spiritual strength, I guess would be the way to say it, so that we can stand on our own with a little bit more confidence. So I was, I was thinking about Nephi and his brothers. Right, the persecution that he consistently went through with his brothers, the Lord would say, do this. And Nephi would go to do it, and his brothers are like, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, right. Why are you doing that? Right. And how many times in our lives do we get to that point, right, where the Lord's like, hey, this is what I need you to do. And we're like, yes, I'll do it. And then we go to get busy with it, and somebody's like, you don't even know how to build a boat. Like, why are you trying to build a boat? You've never even seen a boat until we got to the ocean, and then you still didn't see a boat. You just assumed you could build a boat. You don't don't even have tools. You don't even know how to build tools. You don't even know how to, like, all of those things, right? And I can just picture Nephi sitting there like, that's true. I don't know how to build a boat. (laughs) Like, Lord, how do I build a boat? (laughs) Like, Lord, I'm just going to lean into this right now, and... uh you're going to help me. I'm going to start cutting down trees and right. hopefully you'll tell me how to put these things together. <laughs> tell me where to go get stuff to make tools. Yep. And then but, even in the midst of that, he had begun the work and was working on it and still his brothers come and try and stop it. Right. Oh, it's interesting. I wonder if there's a parallel we can draw with our own lives in this. Maybe. <laughs> And Nephi is just one of how many people that have gone through the same thing, right? You got Alma when he's going to go teach the people, and they're like, you're going to go to that wicked nation and teach people like you're freaking crazy? (laughs) Well, the alternative is we can just react the way our natural man wants us to, right? And just like be part of the problem, right? Or like a Jonah, where the Lord's like, go do this, and Jonah's like, "Uh, I don't want to do that, Lord. (laughs) I'm going to pop smoke real quick and go the opposite direction, literally. <laughs> and then the Lord's going to send a storm. And thankfully he submitted though, right? He's like, okay, just throw me overboard, boys. <laughs> I should not I'm be the on problem. this boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sometimes I wish, I wish someone would throw me overboard. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
So I want to read this. This is from President Nelson and Sister Nelson's conference with the youth. This has stuck with me since then, and I review it very often because this really is the bigger picture of where we're at. He said, These surely are the latter days, and the Lord is hastening his work to gather Israel. That gathering is the most important thing taking place on the earth today. Nothing else compares in magnitude. Nothing else compares in importance. Nothing else compares in majesty. And if you choose to, we're going to come back to that. If you choose to, if you want to, you can be a big part of it. You can be a big part of something big, something grand, something majestic. Would you like to be a part of the greatest challenge, the greatest cause, the greatest work on earth today? Would you like to help gather Israel during these precious latter days? Would you, who are the elect, come back to that as well, would you, who are the elect, be willing to help find the elect who have not heard the message of the restored gospel? Would you like to be among those swift messengers of who the prophet Isaiah spoke? Fulfillment of prophecy, right there. Now, participating in the gathering of Israel will require some sacrifice on your part. It may even require some changes in your life. It will definitely take some of your time and energy and God-given talents. Are you interested? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm going to read that again. <laughs> participating in the gathering of Israel will require some sacrifice on your part. It may even require some changes in your life. It will definitely take some of your time, energy, and God-given talents. It's interesting, as he gave this message, he wasn't forcing it upon us. Like his last question there was, are you interested, right? If you choose, you can be a part of this. There's no, you have to do it. This is what, you know, yeah. there's no absolutes with the prophet, which is really interesting to me. He's giving everybody the option to choose in or not. If you do choose in, according to this, you're going to have to sacrifice some things and your life's going to change. I got I, I to gotta share this. So this is me being vulnerable, but Greg and I had this plan to get together this morning to do this podcast. And then I got rocking on my house and was making good progress. And I was thinking, oh yeah, this is, I'm getting this done. Right. And then I'm like, I messaged Greg. I'm like, Hey, help me out. You know, like bring me a laser level and come up here and we'll do podcasts. Right. And Greg's like, yeah, that's not going to work for me so much. <laughs> And then I was like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he's like, is that really a question? Like, okay, well, I, I'd like to work on the house today. He's like, you'd like to? I'm like, yeah. He's like, hmm, maybe you should put that on the altar. And I'm like, yeah, probably should. <laughs> so I put it on the altar and then I messaged Greg and it all worked out perfectly. Like, but it was, it was literally me doing that exact thing, right? Like this podcast and the things that Greg and I have been doing with mentoring and seminars, this is our calling, right? Like uh, we have church callings too, but this is what we feel strongly the Lord has told us to do to help gather Israel. This is our boat. Right. Yeah. And so we're building that boat, right? And people are like, you don't know how to build a boat. <laughs> we're like, yeah, we don't. <laughs> but the Lord does, right? That's exactly what Nephi said. The Lord does. And I'm, I'm connected to him, right? He's like way better than Google, right? Way better than YouTube, right? <laughs> the how to, the DIY, he's all over it, right? He's yeah. like, yep, I'll, you can, I'll totally tell you how to build a boat. I'll tell you how to do podcasts and seminars and right. Like, yeah build it as you go do the mentoring all those things we're just like we just show up right right both of the seminars that we've done as we prepared for them going into them the lord's like without script one was a two-hour seminar one was a six-hour seminar right and we just like walk in what are you teaching today we're about to find out <laughs> the lord knows how to build this boat <laughs> so funny because some of our friends uh were like oh, yeah so like you got an outline what do you got and we're like uh, not so much. <laughs> oh, man. DNC 8485. Yep. Okay, so the, the rest of what President Nelson had to say. He said, just think of the excitement and urgency of it all. Every prophet commencing with Adam has seen our day, and every prophet has talked about our day. When Israel would be gathered and the world would be prepared for the second coming of the Savior. Think of it. 
of all the people who have ever lived on the earth, we are the ones who get to participate in this final great gathering event. How exciting is that? Our Heavenly Father has reserved many of His most noble spirits, perhaps I might say His finest team, for this final phase. Those noble spirits, those finest players, those heroes are you. Boom. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the bigger picture, right? We look at all the things that are happening. Yesterday, California had another huge earthquake, 7.1 or whatever it was. And there's going to be people that are caught up in trying to survive, right? Because the things that take place in those catastrophes, um, the persecutions that are coming. So I've pondered on that, right? What does that persecution look like? And I'm sure all of you listening have as well. Like, what, what can we expect? And as I thought about it, we're literally already experiencing the persecution, right? On multiple levels. Sometimes it's a family member that mocks you. Um, maybe it's a ward member that mocks you. Maybe it's... Maybe it's your whole ward. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And, and the other thing is, is that outside of that persecution in the physical sense, right? the adversary is is trying to pummel us right like he sees i i had this sort of vision for lack of ter better terms open up right where my old frequency was was pretty low and i was low-hanging fruit right so satan could just get me at the lower frequency and then as i've gone up right <clears throat> in frequency getting closer to where the lord's frequency is um satan has had to try to channel search to tune back in right because i feel like he's fighting blind a little bit but he's really good in some he's really good at tactically figuring out where we're at right and then by that he knows what kind of breakthroughs are coming as we start vibrating at that higher frequency and so then he's like okay do this right and so then he just pulls out all the stops and he's literally as we come down the home stretch on the spiritual front before Everything's created spiritually before it's created physically, right? Well, Satan does the same thing. So physically right now, he's he's pummeling us. Or I mean, spiritually right now, he's pummeling us, right? And that will eventually spill out into into physical, um, you know, physical persecution. Um, but it's no, it's no different. Like we, that's where we're at. He's he's game planning, and now we're getting pummeled spiritually, and it's going to shift into the physical eventually. So it's, it's both. It's, you know, we're, we're seeing it in the physical world, but really more spiritually for me right now. Yeah, absolutely. Again, from president Nelson, he says this difficult days are ahead. Sin is on the increase. Paul foresaw that members of the church would endure persecution. Peter counseled. If any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glory God on his on this behalf. Um, again, let's look back at the the scriptures all throughout the Book of Mormon. Every single prophet who stood up to do what God needed him to do suffered persecution. Right, Alma and Amulek ending up in prisons. Um, all of the sons of Mosiah that suffered through what they had to go through. Um, obviously, Abinadi who suffered the ultimate price, paid the ultimate price, um, Nephi with his brothers, you know, Moroni, Mormon, you know, picture Mormon and what he suffered is all of the people were wicked except for him. They all got wiped out. <laughs> and he's still trying to help his people, right? I guarantee you he was being mocked on every level. Yep. Yeah, yeah he even left once, right? Wasn't he like, I'm out, right? Yeah. I can't do this anymore. And the Lord's like, go back. And he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and why, right? Like, that's a good question. Like, why would the Lord send him back into that? Well, it had to do with his spiritual growth and there was a mission for him to complete there somewhere. So so here's, here's the answer to that question. Why? This is again from President Nelson. He says, as Jesus descended below all things in order to rise above all things, he expects us to follow his example. Yoked with him, each of us can rise above our own challenges no matter how difficult they may be. So that whole principle of rising and descending, right? That's something that 
we get asked all the time on the podcast and just this morning, right? Right. Is does this roller coaster ever end? Like it's up and down. One day I'm like running and shouting hurrah for Israel and doing the Lord's work, and the next day I'm in a foxhole with a blanket over my head saying, Can I just get off the planet? Like I don't even want to be here anymore. <laughs> right? So yep. what is this principle of ascend and descend? Um, and why is it even a principle, right? Exactly. I had a sister message me today and one yesterday, and it was like, hey, when does this roller coaster stop so I can get off, basically? You know what I mean? And and um, so I said, well, be more specific. And so the answer was, um, yesterday I was happy and filled with gratitude about you know, accomplishing something. And then, um, actually some unexpected bills came in the mail. And so then Satan used those to attack this person and this sister. And, um, and she said, um, we're just struggling because things aren't working out to me the way that they, I feel like they should. And I feel like I'm swimming upstream and the Lord sort of gave me the answer to get back to her and said, you're swimming exactly where you said you would swim. Right. Like, and when that reality comes crashing down, the funny thing is every time the Lord has me say something profound like that, it's, it's either on the hills, on the heels or amidst my own, you know, little Abrahamic challenge, right. That I'm going through, which was exactly what I talked about. Um, how I felt like my natural man wants to be building, you know, my house today. Right. But when my spirit my spirit was at odds with my body, right? Cause my spirit's like, no, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> right. And so it was this war inside of myself. But once I finally submitted my, made my body submit to the spiritual self, then I was totally at peace. Even though I know that I'm still got to go back and do, I have other things weighing on me. It's, they're not as heavy because I'm yoked with the savior. Exactly. Like that says. Yeah. I picture this, I picture the highs and lows, the ascending and descending this way. How many times have you, uh, there's been times when I've gone out and I played football with a young man, right? And during the football game, it's like the greatest thing ever. You're loving it. It's fun. You're enjoying it. Unless you pull your hamstring like I did the last time we played, remember? <laughs> yeah, that's a bad program. <laughs> just come flipping off the field like that hurts. <laughs> I scored though. I scored the touchdown <laughs> over a kid like 20 years younger than me. So I'm just saying. Then the next morning you wake up. And your body's screaming at you, right? <laughs> Just pain and e muscles you forgot that you had. Body's like, what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> the way you build a muscle is by tearing it down first, right? People purposefully go into a weight room and lift weights and rip their muscles, knowing that after the pain, it will heal into something stronger. And that's what's happening with this ascending and descending in a spiritual aspect, right? We're spiritually building our spiritual muscles by ascending, going and doing the workout, which is usually pretty enjoyable for the most part. I like to work out when I decide to do it, which yep. isn't as frequently as it should be. <laughs> <laughs> like, for example, let me rephrase that. I love to go on a hike, Yep. right? And... A lot of times I'll start a hike and I'll go way too hard and way too far because I just like to be out there. And then the next day I'm like, oh, I can't move anymore. Yep. And I think too, right? Like if you've got a goal to get to the top of that mountain using the hike analogy, right? And that's your mission, right? And that's what we're doing spiritually, right? Like every descent is followed by an ascension. Well, that ascension is where the work's put in, right? Like, and so sometimes we're going to be on a gentle switchback, right? That's mostly level or just slightly uphill. And then other times we'll be more like, um, just climbing straight up, right? Like straight up the mountain at a steep grade and your heart's pounding and you're sweating and you're like wanting to freak out, you know, and then it levels off again a little bit, right? You're still ascending the basic trajectory is still up, but you're not doing it as hard. And you learn to relish those times and get, catch your breath, but keep moving forward, right? On those, on those switchbacks to prepare you oxygen wise, right? For that next, that next uphill burst and the gains uphill on those steep climbs are way faster, right? There's way more gain in that 
intense climb, um, but it sucks a little bit more. <laughs> so that's definitely kind of what happens, right? Like, you know, like that sister that messaged me today, she was getting beat up and, and we need to realize when we're on that steep climb, if you're on that steep climb, just keep moving forward. Even if it's shuffling, right? Like that's what we call it when you have a heavy rock on and you're out running around in the woods with full gear, right? You just, they call it a shuffle. Um, they actually call it the ranger shuffle. Like you're just basically shuffling your feet. You, you're so tired that you want to stop, but all you can do, you can't even, your hip flexors are shot, right? So you can't even lift your leg up, right? You're just shuffling, right? Like shuffle, right? Shuffle forward and, you know, let, put your body into the hill and just, just keep going. And, and eventually it flattens out and you're like, oh, I made it, you know? Yeah. Eventually you get to that top and you're looking at this beautiful vista, yep. right? And you're like, oh, I've made it. And then you're like, oh crap, I got to go back down. <laughs> right. <laughs> Here comes the next descent, right? But the next, the next ascend, right, takes you to a higher level and you can see more, right? Yep. Which is all part of keeping that big picture in your mind, right? Zooming out to Heavenly Father's level. And a big part of that is just thinking like he does, right? If you, haven't, if you mission plan and you know where you're headed to, and you know the ultimate destination on a hike or whatever, right? It, and you've been there before, or you've had somebody tell you about, it's like your waterfall hike that you talked about, right? You know it's going to be worth it, yeah. right? We know it's going to be worth it to get back to Heavenly Father. So instead of thinking about how bad it sucks in the moment and getting focused on the fog of war that, and the very tactical situation that's eventually going to go away that's right in front of you and letting your emotions get away, just focus on the bigger picture, right? The mission. So I was just thinking about, you can't take a guy that's 50 pounds overweight and put him on a 50-mile hike and expect him to get there, right? right. Put a 70-pound pack on his bag, back and say, go. Right. Ain't going to happen. When we look at what's in front of us, we see this vision of Zion out there, right? And we want to go to Zion, right? Every single person listening to this would love to be sitting in Zion right now. <laughs> Craig and I talk all the time about how if the Lord told us to leave everything behind, put our backpacks on, put our hiking boots on, and start walking to Missouri, we're there, right? And the Lord's like, not so easy, right? <laughs> we're like, that would be way easier than trying to be in two worlds at once, be yeah. a celestial being stuck in a telestial world. Anyway, sorry. You're right. <laughs> I was just thinking about the whole concept of working out to get to where we wanted to be, right? To be able to do that 50-miler, mile, 50 miler, you're going to have to do a series of smaller hikes to get there first. Build up. Yep. You're going to have to tear your muscle and build, let it heal and tear it and heal it and tear it and heal it over and over again until you're ready to make that journey. Too many people right now are looking at that end and saying, I want to be there right now, not realizing that they, they have some workout to do before they're ready for it, right? When the Lord pulls the plug and the tribulations begin, you think what you're going through right now sucks? Like it's going to get way, way, way worse, right? You're going to see people dying all around you, people crying out for help that you can't help. You're going to see your own family struggling. You're going to see people giving up and dying spiritually. You're going to, all of this chaos that's about to happen on the earth. We're like, yeah, bring it Lord. And I, and he's like, kids, like you don't get it. <laughs> this you, is going to be bad. You have no idea what you're asking for. Yep. And so he's putting these little missions in front of us. Right. And he's like, Hey, why don't you try and reach out to your neighbor right now? Why don't you um, try and do a little bit better at reaching out to the families you're supposed to be ministering to? Yeah, why don't you try and be a better husband, a better wife, you know, help your children to, to move forward spiritually? All of these little missions that sometimes are painful, yep. right? Sometimes are, we think are almost impossible. But those missions are meant to tear you down to break that muscle down, spiritual muscles, so that it can be built back up 
and you'll be able to move you be once they heal which is done through the atonement and the savior right once they're healed then you're able to move forward again and do a greater work and be ready truly ready for what's happening right now the prophet told you to rest and take your vitamins right heal your spiritual muscle and get ready for what's coming cuz it's going to get it's going to get crazy yeah it's that whole be still principle right amidst the chaos i i kind of want to draw this analogy so i think i said it before but i've got friends uh who've been in close quarters combat right and how everything i talked about it before how everything just slows down right it's because they're so well trained right that they they go into a different dimension or zone amidst that chaos swirling around them right and they're literally they they say they describe it as seeing the next part of that conflict right guy pops up from behind a desk he's done right and before they even physically react they know where the next threat is coming from right and they haven't even seen it they just that sixth sense is there and they're aware and they're just firing on all cylinders and that's where the lord wants us to get to so he puts us in these little firefights so that we can practice staying calm and at peace even through challenge now that doesn't mean it's like oh you know i got all these bills to pay and he doesn't expect us to not feel anything right to just be like oh whatever you know but we can be at peace and calm about it and go yeah uh, i'm not right now for me i'm not uh, putting the footings in on the house today and that's okay you know because i'm doing what i'm supposed to be right now and the lord told me that those things will take care of themselves i don't know if that resonates but i think it's controlling chaos rather than letting chaos control you yep. right i think we can pretty much guarantee from here out that it's it's going to be chaos Right. right. I think that's why the prophet's saying things like pay the price for priesthood power, um, have this pay the price or in a coming day, you're going to have to have the spirit with you always. Right. Like he goes down the list and prepare for persecution. Right. Like he's saying that it's going to be chaos from here on out. Anybody who wants to follow after the savior from this point out can just expect chaos. It's yep. going to happen and it's going to happen from those closest to you all the way out to the world coming at us, right? Yep. And so what the Lord's teaching us to do right now in this relative period of peace is to stand still, allow that chaos to be there, but not be controlled by it, right? To still continue the mission, to focus, to move forward. Um I want to share this quote. Let me pull it up really quick. This is from Elder Holland. He said, if it was right when you prayed about it and trusted it and lived it, it's right now. Don't give up when the pressure mounts. You can find an apartment. You can, you can even win over your mother-in-law. You can sell your harmonica and there fund one more mill. It's been done before. Don't give in. Certainly, don't give in to that being who is bent on the destruction of your happiness. He wants everyone to be miserable like unto himself. Face your doubts, master your fears, cast not away therefore your confidence, stay the course, and see the beauty of life unfold for you. That chaos, its purpose is to stop you, right? It's to make you doubt and question the things the Lord has told you. It's to pull you off the path that takes you to Zion. How many times, Greg, have we had that exact conversation? We're like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, things aren't really working out the way we'd hoped, even though we knew the revelation was true that we're supposed to pursue a certain path, right? Yep. And we're like, we wrestle with it a little bit, right? And or a lot. Or a lot, or <laughs> many, many times, right? But the Lord's literally trying to get us to a place where we don't flinch when, look at him, right? If he would have gave up, right, the first time he received opposition, we wouldn't even be here. The whole plan would have fallen apart, right? Yep. So, like, he didn't give into it, right? Like, it was every turn. He didn't get rest, right? There's even examples of him trying to rest, and then they, 
Peter comes running back. He's like, oh, you need to wake up the Lord. And I think it was James that was like, no, he's sleeping. And he's like, no, I've got to wake him up, right? And then he wakes him up. And the Lord didn't even freak out in that moment, right? He's like, yes, Peter, what do you need? And he's like, I'm really sorry for waking you up, Lord. And he's like, what do you need, right? Like, he was totally calm. I'm very, very cranky when I get woke up. So (laughs) it just resonates with me. So let's kind of circle back to the beginning. What are you fighting for, right? What... Why are you willing to stand in that chaos? Why are you willing to to fight these tactical missions as they come up? Why are you willing to keep moving forward when you want to just sit down and rest, right? And what keeps, that's the question, right? Like, here's the thing. If you're literally sitting there like the, the couple of sisters that have messaged me and my other buddies that have messaged me recently to say, look, like I'm, I'm wrestling with this. If you're wrestling with it and trying to figure it out rather than just like Greg said, folding up in the corner and sucking your thumb or whatever, like you're wrestling with it. That's a good sign, right? Cause something inside of you is saying, keep going, right? Keep pushing, right? You know, figure out how to stay calm in this in this chaos, right? And then you'll be able to control it. Like something's driving you. You wouldn't be listening still if something wasn't driving you. And we know the personal stories of lots of people listening and they are going through that. So that's the question, right? Is what's pushing you and why? Why are you still going? And it's because of who you are. Yeah. Like, and and you know your mission. It's, it's ingrained in your soul. I think about my own family each one of them, my wife, my children, why am I fighting, right? It's because I can see who they are. I know that they are elect sons and daughters of God, right? And I can see the adversary attacking them, trying to pull them down. And so I fight for them, right? I fight every day on my knees. I fight every day trying to make sure that I can help them to recognize who they are and be willing to move forward. I fight because I see myself, right? I know who I am. I know what my potential is. I know what Heavenly Father has offered me if I fight the good fight, right? And I want to be able to be there with my family. You know, I want that peace that comes after the the trial. I I want to be like my Heavenly Father. Yeah. Right? I want to move forward. I don't want to be I don't want to be acted upon by some dark force that's, you know, tricking me into wasting away my privileges. Yep. But it's not the what you're doing. I think this is just coming to me, right? It's not the what you're doing. That's the problem, right? Because everybody's like, well, I just want to get on with my mission and forget about all the other stuff that I have responsibilities for. It's the why are you doing it, mm-hmm. right? If you're doing paying bills, you're changing diapers, whatever it is, and you're doing that for the Lord to build the kingdom and to become stronger spiritually, then you're doing it for the right reason. Or you can just go through it and hate it and then wonder why you're so frustrated, right? Like I do that all the time. Did that a couple days ago. And then yesterday I was wrestling. I'm just throw this out there because I'm supposed to go and I've known I'm supposed to go to, to on a trip with my son for young men. So we're going to go to Glacier and, but I've got my house project going at the same time. And I'm like, how am I going to do this? Right? Like time is of the essence. (laughs) Winter comes on really quickly here. Like, how am I going to do this? And the Lord is like, Yesterday, I forgot a thing I needed, so my son had to run it down the hill to me on my pickup because I didn't want to back up their driveway. And he runs it down to me, and as I'm watching him bounce down the hill to bring me this thing that I needed, I'm like, holy smokes. Like, there's the there's the why, right? Like, this, this personage that is a spiritual giant that the Lord's blessed me with is the why of I'm going to Glacier, right? It's not about going to have fun and wasting time. It's about part of my mission is to raise my son and spend time with him. And so as he was running up the hill, 
uh, I just had that spiritual impression. Then I pulled him aside and I'm like, Hey, I just want you to know that I had a spiritual experience while you're going back up to the house. And he was like, Oh yeah. And I go, yeah, I finally just submitted to the Lord that we need to go to Glacier and we need to have fun, you know? And that's what we need to do this week. Like, so everything else that I think I need to be doing just fell in order and in line. Right. And I'm not trying to control that anymore on my own. I've basically put it on the altar and I'm continuing with what the Lord's asked me to. And I know that the time will be provided for me and in the means and resources and everything to finish the house, you know, and that's, that's when I take my eyes though off of the big mission and I get focused on the tactical fight of building a house in front of me and how am I ever going to get this done? Then, then I've lost, I've given all of the power of solving the problem to the problem. You know what I mean? Instead of just backing out of it and letting the solution, the Lord help me work out the solution. This is an exciting time to be on the planet, right? If we really listen to the words that I just read at the beginning of this from the prophet and really soak in the fact that this is the last, the last standoff, right? The last stand, the last go around, we're the ones that the Lord put on the earth to fulfill this. It's been so exciting for me to be a part of this mentoring session with His Simple Truths to get to meet a lot of you, to feel your spirit, to hear your struggle and be able to help point, guide, and direct um, You know, with the spirit. It's just been an amazing opportunity. I want to read uh, one of the brothers that we've been working with, his journey, because um, I think it's really um, poignant to what we've been talking about. He said, I just want to take a few minutes and share how much I appreciate the work you are both doing. I found myself very drawn to your podcasts when I heard about them and had it and anxiously waited for the next one to be posted. I still do. For me, the things that you shared, your experiences, and the accompanying witness of the Spirit touched my heart and gave me great desires to better understand many of my own thoughts feelings, and experiences of the last year or so. I have struggled with personal tragedies and challenges like most of us. I have made some poor decisions and often felt out of place at church and disconnected from my life and the principles and truth that have provided so much guidance growing up in the church. Over the last year or two, I have had feelings and experiences with the Spirit and, and instructions from the Lord that I have not understood completely. In the temple, I have felt overwhelming love communicated to my soul from a loving Heavenly Father and have had my understanding increased. I have felt like I was being pushed in, in a direction, but I did not understand where. I knew there was much more to my life and my spiritual journey than I had allowed myself to experience. This process of being directed and instructed by the Lord has been confusing at times. Listening to the podcast help provide direction and push me to learn more, stretch more, and listen more. I was so excited when I found out about the mentoring and how that was that it was now a possibility. We have only spoken twice, but I just wanted you to know both times many of the things we have discussed have been impressed upon my spirit, and I have been instructed by the spirit. You do not spoon feed, but you gently guide with questions, asking me to ponder, search for answers, and most importantly, come to an understanding for myself, confirmed by the Spirit. After our last discussion, I felt so overwhelmed, and my mind was blown in a way I'm sure I am sure I have never experienced. My heart and my head yelled, these things are true. Perhaps the Spirit has yelled at me because for so long I have struggled to hear the still small voice. Or perhaps yelling is not the best way of describing it. I think what I mean is I've, it felt more like resounding truth. It all made so much sense, and it was confirmed by the Spirit. I love the Lord. I am so grateful for the Savior and the Atonement. However, for much of my life, I believed it did not apply to me. It was for everyone else. I know that is a distorted way of thinking and is not even close to the truth, but based on my experiences, it was hard to believe that I could be loved. I am so grateful for those distant thoughts. I know that I am loved in ways that I never understood before. I feel so humbled by the power of the atonement. I do know that I have a purpose and a mission. While I don't have all the answers, much of this journey 
has been a journey with you and Tyson in the podcast, and now with this mentoring opportunity, you have both been a conduit for the Spirit to me and helped me to continue this journey of truth. John. That's awesome. He's a stud. That's what it's about, right? We can sit here and talk to you about all the persecution that we've gone through to do these podcasts, the intensified persecution to do the mentoring sessions and the seminars, but it doesn't matter. We, we do it because the Lord's asked us to do it, right? And because of testimonials that come to us like this from brothers and sisters on a daily basis. It's, I, I got to say this. I love... When I'm down or Greg's down, I know he's experienced this. I haven't even talked to him about it before. Like, we'll have one of those moments, right, where we're in a little bit of a valley, and we're like, Lord, I know I should have more faith than to ask again if this is what we should be doing, but is this what I'm supposed to be doing, right? And then what happens, dude? Every time you get a message like that from somebody, and they're like, I just want you to know that so grateful for you know for the things that we talked about and how you helped me to rediscover what i already knew or you know whatever and you're just like the spirit washes over you and you're like okay okay i can keep going yeah just just awesome to be a part of we uh we're gonna be expanding what we're doing so a couple things that coming down the pike we've got some classes that we're going to be putting online um We've had a lot of people reach out with others who are struggling with addiction, right? Yep. And so we're, we're still trying to figure out how, the, how to build the ship, <laughs> right? We're looking to how to build the tools. We want to do a video class where um, especially people, one will be those struggling with pornography addiction, right? Um, but those classes we want to bring online, um, expanding the mentoring getting out to do some more seminars we need help right this is us reaching out a lot of people have asked how they can help financial resources is is the best way that we could receive help at this point um we have people that we mentor that can't afford the mentoring right we don't charge them for that because that's how the lord wants it yep we're not wanting to charge anything for anything and by doing so, making it so that people can't receive it. Because the reality is, it's all God's, yeah. right? This is his simple truths. We live in a celestial world and we have to pay bills and, and fulfill the stewardships that are ours as well. We do take a lot of time. Um, right now it's full time uh, that we're yeah. given to the Lord. and. We need help with those financial resources to be able to keep doing what we're doing. And so I just reach out to you. And if you feel inspired by the Lord and prompted by the Spirit to, to help us out in a donation, we appreciate that. Um, yeah. And again, we've said this before, but those are, that's sacred, right? Like Greg and I, we, we waste not so that we want not, you know, like we really try to be genuine, genuinely good with those. Um, but yeah, the, it's just all part of the process and we really appreciate all the help. So I want to read one more um, testimonial that came to us. Tyson and Greg, I had been anticipating and was excited for my call with Greg. The call was everything I hoped for and more. After getting to know more about me and my desire in the Lord's kingdom, we had a wonderful talk. He taught me so much he taught me so much as allowed by the Holy Spirit. Greg was definitely in tune. I could immediately feel the truth of what he taught and helped me to see about my mission. I had a lot to ponder and pray about. I'm grateful for Tyson's input at the end of the call. Greg and Tyson certainly make a great team. I appreciate their examples of humility, desire, and hard work to be close to the Lord, and a willingness to mentor others along their paths. Thank you both. Hurrah for Israel. Tammy. If you're in a place where you feel stuck, you need some help, reach out to us. Let us help you move forward, um, especially you men, right? Yep. There's a lot of men I know that hear this and they're like, I'm good. Like, I can, I can do figure this. it out. Right. <laughs> like my wife this morning texted me, are you okay? I'm like, no, 
I'm wrestling with some stuff. And she's like, I could tell. I'm like, okay. So then I let her help me, right? She talked me through what was going on. Like, that's all we're here to do is just help you talk you through and see clearly the forest from the trees, right? See clearly that fog of war, the tactical situation in front of you um, from the big picture of your mission, right? Like, and see how that battle you're fighting right now it's not meaningless right it's practice right for the bigger battles that are coming in this the steeper hills and the steeper climbs that's that's what it is so yeah let us help you and it's such a blessing greg and i <coughs> would send each other messages like how was your last session and boom you know it was it was just amazing it's amazing to get to feel the power of the people that we're talking to and then to be a a vessel of the Lord to help wake them up to the power that's already inside of them, right? We're not doing anything other than helping them to see things a little more clearly so they can connect with heaven a little more strongly, right? And once they do, like literally, how many times have you been like, it's a one-off meeting, right? You're like, you already know all this stuff, accept it. And they're like, yeah, I really did feel that the Lord was telling me those things, but I just needed a second witness. Yeah, sometimes you just need a second witness. Sometimes you just need a a guy to put his arm around you and walk with you for a minute and be like, dude, you're good. Yeah. You're doing well. This is how it's supposed to work. Other people are going through the same thing. Like just keep fighting, baby. Keep going. It's gotta be hard too, because if you're awake, right, you're, you're watching other people. And of course, distortion through social media is, is Satan's at his tool. Right. But they're like, no, I'm really trying to be ingrained and entrenched in doing what the Lord wants me to. And all this, all these trials getting heaped, keep getting heaped on. Right. And then they look across the way at church and here's the Molly Mormon, perfect family. Right. Polly, uh, Peter Priesthood and Molly Mormon, right? Like sitting across from them and they just posted all their pictures from their last week of boating and right. Like they're, they're sitting on piles of money and it doesn't appear that their lives are hard. Although I'm going to tell you they probably are harder than they're ever letting on or will be hard or will be hard shortly. Right. And so you can look at it and go, well, I don't, I do I want that. And the Lord's like, you can choose that. Right. But, or you can choose to move forward. And that's really what the mentoring I feel like does for me. And for a lot of people, I, I get to learn in the process. And what I learn with other people is that, is that their tactical situations are perfectly designed for this juncture in history, this juncture in their lives to prepare them for what's coming. I'd rather front load on misery than deal with it on the back end when it's really bad, right? Like as rough as our lives are, right? Most of us aren't hungry. Most of us have a house. Most of us have all our basic needs met, right? Imagine having everything taken away. You go from boating for the week to spending a week without food because there isn't any right imagine the paradigm shift but if you've been willing to suffer through the tactical situations you're in now for the lord then he's going to help you you'll be stronger when that when those real deprivations start to take place and um and that's what we get to do in the mentoring we get to sit with people and and help people see the forest for the trees help people see the battle more clearly absolutely exciting time right this is the prophesied time to be on the earth we're fighting for the lord we're fighting for zion we're fighting to be one heart one mind um the the prophet is literally asking us every single person to make a choice are you in or are you out are you part of this or are you not and if you're part of it what's your piece right how are you going to help go to him and ask him what he wants you to do. He's going to guide you and direct you, right? And you may look at him and be like, oh, that's scary. I don't know how to do that. You know, reach out to somebody for help. If it's not us, reach out to somebody else. Find a battle buddy. Find somebody to walk with. Um, Because the Lord is pouring out his blessings right now upon those who are willing to be part of this program, right? I think of the scripture uh, in Joshua, um, uh, Elder Holland quoted this and he actually titled his talk after it, but Joshua said, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you, right? And that's where we're at, right? Like 
this is a sanctifying process. If you're in the furnace of affliction right now, it's sanctifying. Well, guess what the blessing is and the output of that, right? The Lord will do wonders among you. And he's already doing those wonders, right? Sometimes we get so focused on the problems that we don't see the blessings that are coming. And I know I'm guilty of that. So perspective. I testify to you in the name of Jesus Christ that God will use you to do wonders if you choose in, if you want to be a part of it. This is all real and it's happening in real time right now. I bear witness of that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Love you, brothers and sisters. We're so grateful to be a part of your lives and look forward to talking with you again next time. Hoorah for Israel. God be with you till we meet again.